0: Guys, we are back for another episode of Coach's Corner, uh, presented by Top Turtle Podcast, where you can go for all your podcasting needs. I am your host, Joe McDonough. And, you know, kind of a throwback episode here. You know, we're going to have a shorter episode. We're going to throw everything out that we know about Coach's Corner, the rounds, all of that stuff. We're going to throw it out. We're just going to have an old style chat here with one of the brightest minds and one of the busiest men in MMA today, uh, Mr. Saif Saud. Uh, how, how are you doing, Saif?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me on.
0: And, you know, I want to jump right in. Um, and, you know, you had a very busy weekend just three oh, nights yeah. ago. Um, another very, even busier weekend this weekend uh, as you're preparing right now, you know, with your fighters. Um, I mean, I think that's something that gets overlooked here, you know, with coaches is that suddenly you see a guy, okay, four to seven days shown up twice tonight. Oh, wait, there's a third time. There's a fourth time. You know, how difficult is it to coach um, multiple fighters in the same event?
1: Um, it, it, it's definitely, it has its pros and cons. I mean, the pros is that everybody's together, right? And you kind of have that team atmosphere and everybody's kind of hyped up and, and pushing each other. So that's positive. I mean, we, we probably had 10 LFA cards where we had four to five fighters, sometimes six for many years, just cause we would put them all on when they would come to Dallas, you know, even going all the way back to legacy. So we kind of got used to having a lot of people on, on the same card. Um, it is incredibly difficult. There's no doubt about it. And um, I think it also talks to the depth of the team. You know, some people have five fighters on their team in the UFC. I mean, we have, you know, last week we had two, this week we have three. You know, um, the week before we had one, Kennedy in uh, zujuku f- fighting Olberg, you know. So <clears throat> it is a, it's, it's a good, it's, good to, it's a good problem to have. You just got to try to deal with it appropriately. And the team, I think, does a good job of that.
0: 100% of a very much good problem to have, like you said, um, to have such a depth in the UFC um, at that level. Now, tell me about for fighters, because, you know, and, and, and maybe this is. Um, overlooking it a bit but you know to to have a fighter and and your head coach goes off and is coaching someone else for 15-20 minutes that night and you're fighting again in 40 minutes now I'm sure that in the fighter's mind and in your mind you've done everything that you need to do at this time it's fight night there's not much more to talk about it's it's the fun part of it but but what goes through a fighter's mind I mean what's going on back there as the team's kind of going and focusing on someone else for the next you know 20 minutes or so I mean it's really
1: individually based right some people they don't need you at that point you know they're really they're really locked in. Um, they're ready to go. And, you know, they're that way all fight week. Some people, they need you uh, up until weigh-ins, uh, you know, with their drama. Yeah. Some people need you, uh, all the way up until they walk into that cage. You know, it's just about understanding your athlete. And, and, and then I'll, I obviously, you know, um, try to really do whatever I can and make that person the most comfortable, the most relaxed, you know, uh, one thing I do is I'll I'll go to the UFC staff and I'll tell them, like, if if I know the person is, you know, a person that I don't want to get overexcited, I want to kind of keep them smooth and, and their heart rate low, I'll tell the UFC, hey, when it's time to call them for their fight, just say, hey, hey, can you guys, we're ready to go. Instead of, hey, it's your time, blah, 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 blah. You know, so that's a small example of how I am with each fighter, right? They're just all different. And, you know, the the thing I think that makes our team so special is that, you know, ninety-five percent of what we've done, we've grown from from zero. You know, I've known these yeah. kids since they were, you know, making their pro debut. So I know them real, real well.
0: And it, it's that's a good question. It's different for each one. And and I mean I love that you said that because that just shows the attention to detail that that is you know going on at Fortis MMA, um, you know, and with you as a head coach, you know that 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 us fans and and I'm sure even other coaches don't even think of you know uh, just you know before the fight someone coming in um, and saying something like that. So talk to me about the background on Fortis, you know, um, when you started it up and 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 how far it's come here to this point today.
1: Well, Fortis is um, is is uh my baby you know it's it's my vision of what i wanted uh an MMA gym to be i wanted it to be uh a, a beautiful facility something different you know than any other facility it used to be an art gallery um before i purchased it and it, you know it took about 2 years to build out and it's just really different than any other place that you'll ever go um we don't hang up any of our memorabilia or an stuff or any of that it's uh we it has a certain look to it and uh, it's a cra- it's a cool gym. It's a great atmosphere. And the other thing I wanted was, you know, I know so many people in Dallas and Dallas is my home and I wanted people to be able to come there and feel comfortable and feel like they're at a world-class place, not a fighter's gym, you know, and um, our gym is, we've got doctors, we've got um, lawyers, we've got accountants, we've got so many um, business professionals there. Uh, they're probably, you know, still 80%, you know, 75% of our student body. And then, then you've got this, this elite team of, you know, right now we have 19 fighters in the UFC. So, um, it's a really cool mix and, uh, I feel really fortunate and really blessed. And it was just my martial arts journey, the things I took from it, the positives and negatives and, and, you know, learning, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I thought was effective, what I didn't and, um, just working towards that goal. So. Uh, it's really cool to see it come to fruition.
0: And I'm intrigued to ask, you know, for the memorabilia, you know, so many times in gyms we see, you know, the champions are hanging or, you know, every UFC fighter is hanging or certain moments in fights are hanging. Uh, what, what's the reason for 4 to, to, to kind of have that look that it has without the memorabilia?
1: Honestly, I mean, I think that too much of it can be tacky. You know, uh, the gym is, is, is a beautiful facility and that was a goal of mine and, and I wanted it to be unique um, two, It's like, Hey man, we're, we're in the middle of it. You know, a a big thing for our team is we don't like to, to think about or talk about, you know, like, Oh, we did this, we did that. Like we're in the middle of it. You know, we're, we're in the middle of our journey. We're in the middle of our, of our season, if you will. So, you know, head down and and eyes forward, you know, we, we had a couple amazing years in, in the UFC and, and, um, and this one's been pretty amazing too. And, uh, You know, we'll celebrate all that when we're done. That's what I always tell them. You know, we'll, we'll, you'll come over and we'll we'll sit around all old and hobbled and 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 laughing and talking, and then we can look at pictures and and all that stuff. But now that we're in the middle of it, and in this game, I mean, you can't lose focus. I mean, if you take your eyes off the ball, you know, there's this game is evolving at a level that no other sport is evolving at because it's so young. You watch UFC now. I mean, it's twice as hard as it was five years ago. Literally. I mean, you know that just from watching it. I mean, so. Uh, we're we're trying to stay in the present moment and and stay focused
0: i hundred percent agree I think you know it, it, since 20 years ago I mean it's it's almost like it's a completely different sport uh, yeah. um you know and like you said even five years ago um you know this is one of my favorite questions to ask all the coaches I've had some great coaches and and you yourself are added to that resume and I'm super happy about that and and you know last last episode Sean Madden of team elevation joined and he had said you know he answered this question with the different paths fighters can take um with all the coaches what for Fortis MMA, you know, makes it special, you know? And, and when I say that, I mean, is it the culture? Is it the chemistry? Is it, you know, the hardworking attitude or is it a mix of all of that?
1: I mean, you just, you just answered the question right there. It is, a, <laughs> it is a mix of all that. And I mean, look, it's results, results matter. Winning matters, you know, winning matters and winning. I always say winning takes care of everything. It really does. And, um, when people are winning, they're motivated, they're hungry, they're happy. Uh, you know, people love to do what they're good at. And you know, that, I mean, if you're good at something, you love to do it, you know, and, uh, that's, part, it's all part of it. The culture, um, the expectations, also the accountability. I mean, look, I, I always tell you, like, I'm not your friend, you know, like I don't need friends. I got a lot of friends. I've said that in, in many interviews before, like, I don't hang out. I don't, you know, I'm not friends with my athletes. Like I'm their coach, you know, and I'm here to make Mm -hmm. them the best they've ever been. I want to make them reach their fullest potential in the sport. And, you know, that takes, that takes a dedication on both our parts. And I think um, it can be a little uncomfortable, but uncomfortable can, can lead to greatness. And uh, the expectations at our gym are, are high for everybody. And, you know, we have six fighters now ranked in, in the top 15 and, light heavyweight, lightweight, flyweight, women's bantamweight, welterweight. Um, you know, it's uh, middleweight. So it also shows the diversity of the weight classes, which I think is important as well. Um, because then you've got people to anchor every one of those weight classes in the UFC. You know, you got guys that are 125ers, and they're going to be looking at, you know, Matt Chanel, who's now, you know, who's ranked seventh or whatever, you know. And it pushes everybody. So, um
0: accountability, culture, all, all the above. And, you know, most of those fighters that have walked in the doors at four to seven, they walked in on, you know, you've been with them since day one and now to the point where they are, you know, ranked number seven in the world, ranked in the middleweight division, ranked in the light heavyweight division. Um, what, what's that like from, from day one to now? And, and like you said, that journey's still ongoing very much. Some of these could be future champions, you know, very soon. Um, but, but to watch them from day one to like today, um, you know, speak on that journey and as a head coach to kind of watch it. And, and do you ever kind of look back and say, holy shit, you know, like how far this, this guy or this girl's come? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure.
1: You know, it's, it's definitely special, you know, um, you know, Kennedy's fight a few weeks ago, you know, he's the big time underdog against, you know, city kickboxing's kid. And, yep. and everybody was talking about him and, you know, and I knew, man, you know, I, I've seen this kid Kennedy since day one, since his first day in the gym, never threw a punch and he's got some special talents and uh one of those special talents is like you cannot hurt that dude and you know i knew going into that fight you know that that alberg was going to unload on him and that you know that kennedy and also he doesn't get tired he does not get tired i've seen him fight 30 35 minutes straight for like heavyweight to not get tired it's it's a special you know it's it's a special skill It's, it's it's an awesome trait and he has that trait so you know, our game plan was to go in there and, and let him wear himself out. And that's exactly what he did. And, and so stuff like that allows you to know your athletes so well and be so comfortable with them that you can demand that from them. You know, um, demand that kind of uh, performance and also um, have that type of expectation because you've built that trust over so much time. You know, I mean. I've been there with these kids through thick and thin and, and, you know, paying rent and, and, and they know how invested I am in them. And, and I'm doing this, this is, this is my calling to, you know, to make people better and to improve people's lives. And that's really how I look at it. Uh, I'm at a point now in my life where it's just all about making everybody else around me better. And, um, you know, it's, it started over 10 years ago with this crew and, and anything worth anything takes time. And I think they're really now just starting to hit their stride.
0: And is there any, uh, you know, is it almost like an extra win when you got to fight, like Kennedy's the perfect fight example, um, when a game plan, when he works the game plan so perfectly, um, you know, and gets the win, is it almost like an extra win out there, just how, how hard he's worked for that training camp, went into that game plan, bought in, did it, and and, and it worked? For sure. I
1: mean, you know, whenever you win, um, most of the time it's because you stayed, you know, on the game plan. You know, you, you don't want to fight somebody – where they're strong, Jen Jenny Fry. This last weekend, Jen. Yep. Uh, you know, she was an underdog against Gloria DePaula. And yep. uh going into that third round, she needed that takedown. You know, she needed to get the, the that takedown and that control. And uh, hey, I need this takedown going in the third round. Like you gotta make it happen. Boom, she made it happen. She won the fight. You know, that that, that was a close fight. It was a toss up. Um, you know, Ryan Span, you know, we we knew Misha. Misha's a beast on the ground. I mean, you do <laughs> I've seen that guy uh, years ago um i don't remember who he choked but blood came pouring out of their nose and it was almost like it was a crank yeah and he came backstage and he was all swelled up you know and he was like he's this very nice guy and i was like man this guy looks strong as hell you know and i told ryan i said for the last like you know six six weeks i said listen man you don't want this guy to get a hold of you like yeah you got to keep your distance you know and you got to touch him you're longer than him on and on and on so Mm-hmm. Look, you, you know, you're, you you want your athletes to have success. They put so much effort, so much grind, so much dedication, sacrifice, physical sacrifice, mental sacrifice is a very hard sport to do at the a level. So for them to be, to be accomplishing, you know, uh, and, and teaches them that life lesson. Like if you really, really want something and you really, really grind for it, you can make it happen. And, and that stays with you in life. You know, I've, I've taken that that le- the lessons I learned in MMA and put them in everything in business and everything else and nothing is as hard as MMA. Nothing, yeah. nothing I mean. <laughs> a, a real estate deal, oh man, I'm stressed out. Oh wow. You know, having Rashad Evans <laughs> on top of you hitting you and side like control that. that's a lot harder than than uh than any business deal ever will be. So, I think it prepares you well for life if you utilize it well.
0: I love that. And I 100% agree. I'd rather I'd rather sign the real estate deal <laughs> than ever shot Evans anywhere near me. Um, you know, this is one of my favorite parts of the show is, uh, you know, talking about the prospects. You know, prospects make the gym. Uh, like you said, these guys came in on day one. They were prospects. Now look where they are. You know, could you rattle off some names? And, and we've got a long, extensive list here on the Coach's Corner resume of, of great prospect names um, from, from all over. Um, And and I look forward to adding some Fortis MMA names to that list. uh, If you can rattle off some names for us. Yeah, what comes to mind is, uh, you know, Miles Johns,
1: little brother uh, EJ, Elijah Johns. He's I think he's the main event. He is the main event LFA on Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's been raised in the gym with uh, with his brother. You know, he's essentially been there ever since his brother started. And, you know, Miles is in the UFC now um, and doing well, doing very well. And EJ now I think is 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 right behind him, and he he's he's a little different version. He's a featherweight. He's he's a southpaw. Um, he's a different version of of a John's brother, but he's really something to watch. And um, then we also got Stevie Wynn. Uh, he he's also coming off of a big knockout that he had in LFA a few weeks ago. Uh, he's also a giant featherweight. You know, um, very physical, very very talented. Um, the list goes on. You know, The we graduated most of our, our fighters to the UFC in this last cycle, and now these mm-hmm. guys are coming up. Uh, we also have Fernie Garcia, who is eight and 8-1, I believe. He He's a very balanced kid, got great hands, great jiu-jitsu. So now it's ready to get all these kids. LFA is really the proving ground to me. I think yeah. that it, it it's without a doubt the, the – to me, it's the second best organization. I mean, talent-wise – um, they got a lot, a lot of good fighters. Look how many champs yep. came out of there: Holly Holm, Kamaru Usman, Henry Cejudo. I mean, that's high level. Yep. Those are high level fighters. All my fighters went to LFA: Ryan Spann, um, Damon Jackson, Jeff Neal. Um, we've won six LFA belts, legacy belts, yep. six. And each one, Miles Johns, each one of those guys went on to do well in the UFC and bonus and win. And and I really think LFA is. Uh, a great organization uh, before legacy with Mick Maynard and now it being LFA. Um, That's really the track where we try to run our, our kids through. And I I call it like D one football, like sec, you know, I mean, it's, it's the spot. So those are the kids coming out. Uh, EJ and Stevie Wynn and Fernie Garcia are, are some names to look out for.
0: And, you know, whenever I do an interview with any fighters, you know, when we talk about LFA, I end up calling it the breeding ground for the UFC because, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's essentially just the handpicking for the UFC because, like you said, just like the SEC, the NFL, no, it's it's proven, proven. Uh, you know, yeah. athletes there and they pick them out, um, you know. So with having those guys, those names, you know, uh, competing on a daily basis with these UFC guys that are ranked in, you know, in the top 10 of their respective divisions, how much does it, A, help? Obviously, the, you know them with their own fighting game, but also the confidence that it builds—that they can hang with number seven in the world, number six in the world. They're giving yeah. them hard days at practice every day. I love this
1: interview because you keep answering all the questions, and I mean, you just—you
0: <laughs> <laughs> just serving softballs up
1: for me. I mean, you're just it's exactly right. You know, if, if I if uh, I remember when I was at Jackson's and I had to fight Rashad Evans and and Nate Marquardt and Keith Jardine, and then I would go. You know fight some kid titan fighting and he's staring at me and he's my size or smaller or whatever you know and i would think about these monsters that i was fighting in camp you know and uh man it just gave you so much confidence you know i mean it it, it just it's common sense right like whatever your threshold is whatever level you're exposed to is going to uh, uh, allow you to experience um that as much as you can, so when you go into the fight, you know it's not new to you, and and it does of, of course absolutely it breeds tons of confidence, and uh, you know we we talk that in the gym too, you know, and we'll say vice versa. but mm-hmm. guys, you know, guys ranked top ten in UFC, and he's got some kid holding him down who's three and zero, and we got those guys too, you know. Yep. Uh, I I didn't give you those names because they're still too far back, right? They're not ready to to go to the UFC yet, but yep. we've got some kids that are two and zero, three and zero that. I mean, they could give anybody problems, and then you can go to the guy that's ranked and say, like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Nobody knows who this guy is, and he's holding you (laughs) out. It works both ways. It works both
0: ways. And, you know, uh, what is the – and this is a question that could have a million answers, uh, not a softball here. (laughs) Um, What is the it factor for you that when when someone walks in the gym on day one or day two – and they show you something, you watch them sparring, you watch this, you watch that. What is the kind of like light that goes off? Like this kid could be special.
1: Well, again, you, you, you gave me a little, a little, little room there. I'm going to take it. You said <laughs> could be right. And one to two days, yeah. like, man, you really don't know until you get mm-hmm. somebody fight night. When you yeah. see somebody fight and you see how they are fight week, you see how they, they perform, do they perform to their level or higher than their level um, in practice. Austin Lingo is a perfect example of this. Yep. Austin Lingo, I mean, he's got tons of knockouts. I mean, it, he, he just fought uh, in Abu Dhabi and had a real dominant win. Um, his first fight, he took on very short notice. You know, he ended up losing a decision, but I think it was the use of Zalal, who's a very good fighter, went on to win four fights in a row. But Austin Lingo is a guy that, in the room and practice, you know, he's good but man, when it comes fight night, I mean, he, he just can go, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's guys like that where you don't know they got, and he has so much power in his hands. They don't really throw hard at all in the gym because they know that they have that much power in their hands that they don't want to let it go. And so they kind of practice a little bit lower than their, their ability. Uh, George St. Pierre was that way. Uh, I got the honor to train with him at Jackson's um, whenever he would come and, you know, you didn't know if he was letting you win or you didn't know, like you didn't, you didn't know. You know? I, yeah. I I was rolling with him and, and I was like, man, I'm doing well. And he was like, Oh yeah, good job. Good job. I'm like, is he just like coaching me like, a puppy? like <laughs> or like, am I, like, am I really doing well? You know, like, is this, it, man, I'm good. You know? So great, great fighters have a way of, uh, they all have their own deal. You know, some don't want to lose a round. Uh, none of it matters until I see you fight. I mean, I got to see how you fight. You know, when, Definitely, definitely, there's potential, but I I don't even put label someone a prospect until I've seen them fight a pro fight, a pro fight or two, and seen how they they use that training in the fight. Their fight week, their mindset, what stage is going to be too big for them if there is a stage too big, or do they shine? Did they love those lights? You know, some guys mm-hmm. get under there, man, they love the lights and, and girl girls too. I've got, I've got some girls that are that way too. So yeah. Uh, that's a hard question. That's a hard question to answer, but yeah. uh, I'd say you definitely need to see a few fights before you can start assessing that.
0: And as, as a head coach, you know, and I'm sure, you know, the perfect answer would be both, you know, physique and mentality, but is there, you know, would you rather see a fighter and kind of the, the physical peak, you know, looking like, you know, Sage Northcutt. You can't hear me? No, I'm saying mental. I'm already, I'm already. Oh, mental okay. Mental. <laughs> man, well, mental. there you go. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: it's, I mean, look, you know, having muscles and, and looking scary, all that's great. But man, when you get in there, none of that matters. And you've got to really be a master and commander of your mental space. You really do. And, and that involves so many layers and so much discipline. Look at Kennedy, you know, Hey, I wouldn't want to take those body shots from Albert. And he was just, you know, just blocking it. Like, whatever, yep. like you're not phasing me at all. I told him, I said, Hey man, uh, after the fight, I said, how's your body? You know, you're he goes, no coach. I wanted him to hit me more. Just keep getting tired. You know, <laughs> he said, I knew he was getting tired. I heard him breathing heavy. And I'm thinking, man, like, that takes a lot of discipline, you know, yep. to stay there, keep your defense tight and, 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 to let that go down like that and just stay super disciplined, you know, and and again it goes back to the mindset. And you know, we had to work on that with Kennedy. He's he's finally grown into that. Um, but having that mental mindset to stay focused um in those moments is really, man, it's so much a part of the fight. I mean, I'd say it's 50% of the fight. And then cardio and and, and conditioning is also a big part as well at that level. So Uh, That all goes back to, you know, how much of these people push themselves mentally again, because, hey, I can push you in practice, but are you, are you hitting the road? Are you doing your road work? Are you grinding behind the scenes with cardio? Again, that's a mental, that shows a lot of mental uh, durability to be doing that, right? I mean, so there's a lot of talented guys that don't make it that can really, really fight that like to fight. They don't like to train and they just can't get to that next level because they're, they're just not committed.
0: And you know, I only I know we only have a few minutes left, so I want to get them one or two more questions. Um, you know, 2020 obviously a shit show, for lack of a better word, in the sense of just COVID, everything. Uh, you know, uncertainty. What was the toughest part to kind of relay to your fighters, especially when there was real uncertainty on when we would fight again?
1: It, it was just the the distance. I think you know, um, uh, the distance that we had, how we weren't together. We we weren't seeing each other every day. We weren't communicating. I mean, you know, we got used to being around each other so much all the time, um, you know, being there for each other. We're, look, humans are social creatures, you know, yep. and, and they do they do much better um, in an environment of love and care and communication and accountability. And when you take that away, I think, you know, you saw this with, with um, all these people that are super depressed. You know, I, I had a kid yep. come in. He's this regular student, really sweet kid. 19 years old 20 years old he said coach he said uh man i'm, I'm and he's not a fighter either He's just a kid who's you know taking jiu-jitsu and training what's high yep. and he said coach i'm really man i'm really just messed up mentally i said what's wrong he said i don't know man i've just been so off ever since covid you know i mean being away from everybody he's like i'm kind of honestly a little freaked out being up at the gym he said just i'm so used to not being around anybody yeah i mean that's not natural, you know, and we all mm. saw that and felt that weird vibe. We're like, wow, this is really, and it just goes to show how uh, how uh, connected we are and how, how much we need each other, um, you know, as human beings to be the best that we can be, to push each other, to congratulate each other, to whatever, you know, whatever it is. So I think that that distance uh, was really what hurt. And, and, you know, now I really feel like we've hit our stride um again and really have that cohesiveness and that scheduling and that just that camaraderie and everybody's around each other and it just goes to show you know i mean we had two unbelievable years last year was Mm a 55th year but you're also fighting main events you're fighting you're fighting guys that are ranked in the top five it's going to be harder we knew it was going to be a step up but i feel like the team has ramped itself to an even higher level than it ever was before because it came through covid and came through that adversity now they just seem stronger and more bonded than they've ever been. And I think that uh, we learned that lesson, right? We learned that weird lesson um, yep. from that weird time. Yep,
0: that togetherness. Uh, quickly, last one. Outside, safe suit, outside of MMA, what's the biggest hobby, uh, you know, outside of MMA? Or, or is it just MMA and that's all we get?
1: Well, right now, it's just MMA because there's just so many fights, you know. Yeah. Uh, just being, <laughs> being there every week, and I'm going to be there this week. I'm going to be there next week. But uh, uh, I like to shoot, man. I'm a shooter. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I like to do. Um, uh, ammo is super expensive right now, so I haven't been shooting a lot. But for me, you know, I grew up in Indiana, and, uh, I, you know, my best friend, family had 1,000 acres, and we just always out and about, you know, just – um just with space and you know and and today's day and age you know living in a big city uh dfw now you know seven and a half million people here um you don't really get that as much so for me the range that i go to is is you know about 40 minutes away and uh, it's outside and, and you know i train with a lot of guys that are uh sf guys because they come to the gym and we've developed a relationship um you know i'm teaching them kind of you know bjj wrestling whatever and and, and we go out there and, and train train firearms so this i developed this probably about 10 years ago also when i had a daughter that was my number my other reason for getting in the <laughs> the minute i looked at my daughter i thought you know what like yeah i need to step up my level of protection and that that's just 100%. talking to one of my fighters about that today so uh you know and you get, I've been in martial arts since I was three years old. You know, I've had eight surgeries, you know, ACL, my meniscus, uh, my, my shoulder, my lat, my, I've had all kinds of issues. And I think you know, as you age, it's hard to let go of that physicality, you know, that you, you know, you identify yourself with, right? Like I'm this, I'm that, I'm a beast. Like you got to let all that go. And it doesn't mean you're not in shape. It doesn't mean you don't work out. I still, um, I still try to carry myself in very good shape and, and 20 pounds over fight weight and all that stuff still. But but you just got to evolve with it. So I tell my guys, like, mm-hmm. get good at something, get good at something else that, you know, that you can you can blow off steam and, and do. And and so shooting was that thing for me. And I got pretty good at it, pretty competitive at it. And um, it's been a fun outlet for me.
0: I love that. And I uh, thank you very much for the time, man. I appreciate it. I know super busy schedule and You have a super busy weekend this weekend. I wish you all the best. I uh, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much. Safe suit.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.